Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. I am never more nervous than when I first start a new job or go to a new school or join a new team. I'm not sure, but this may have something to do with the fear of being separated from what I know. It happens when we're young and look up only to realize somehow we have been separated from our parents who are really just at the other end of the aisle, but we have blinders on and begin to worry and fear that we have lost them, speaking from personal experience. But it also happens throughout our lives. Whether it is getting to middle school only to discover that none of your classes include all of your friends you have gone to school with since kindergarten, or walking into a room and realizing that you don't know anyone else. There is a strong feeling of being alone that seems to take over, leaving us wanting more connection and also wondering when it will get better. The summer after my junior year of college, my parents dropped me off in a town outside of Atlanta where I was about to spend the next two months in Kenya with 20 other students, none of whom I had ever met. As we entered the building that we would stay in for our training, I remember the sigh of relief that I had as I walked into my room to find that my roommate Emily was still in there and hadn't made any other friends yet. There is an instant bond that is formed as you meet someone and know that regardless of where you will go the rest of the day, you at least have one friend. That is, of course, until you leave the room only to discover that the two of you are set to go to different places, thus beginning again this odd feeling of separation between me and every other person. Fortunately, this awkward feeling of not knowing anyone else usually subsides after 20 to 30 minutes of getting to know other people. Yet no matter how old I get, no matter how many times I have walked into a new room or a new job, that feeling of being separated, even if only for a moment, from that which I know can be daunting. Luckily, however, Romans chapter 8 verses 38 and 39 tells us how this fear of being separated is one that we will never have when it comes to our relationship with God. I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not death or life, not angels or rulers, not present things or future things, not powers or height or depth or any other thing that is created. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Creator God, we thank you that no matter where we are or what we do, your love is a constant presence in our life. Thank you for calling us, for loving us, and for accepting us just as we are. Amen. 
Growing up, those who knew me best would find it hard to believe that I ever got too nervous or worried about being separated from my friends. I got called down countless times for talking during class, even after the teacher had moved me from my friends to the other side of the room. I learned quickly that the quicker I made friends, the faster I could start talking with someone else. And even though I have prided myself at times on how quickly I can feel at ease in a room, the fact of the matter is that there are times when I fail to help others feel welcomed or seen or loved. There are times when I am so out of my comfort zone that my go-to is to tell jokes. But unfortunately, at times, other people, people that I don't even know, have been the butt of my joke, and I quickly realize the mistake that I made as I see their heads drop and watch as they are then the ones who feel left out and alone. And this doesn't always happen because of a joke that I have told or because of how I have seen someone. I think at some point, we have all been guilty of not trying our hardest to see others in the best way possible. We look at those who are different than we are and wonder why they don't just change or try harder or do better. There are groups of people who, based on how they have been treated and the actions of those around them, have never known that they were capable of being loved by God. People who have been told time and again that they need to leave our country or love differently or get a job and stop being so lazy or any other number of reasons we tell ourselves that help us feel better about how we view others. And perhaps what makes those who are different feel so alien is that we feel that they are so separated from us and what we know and that we have no idea how to incorporate them back into our lives. And if there's one thing that I have learned about the unknown is that it produces within us a fear of what we might do or fail to do and what we can't quite figure out how to say, which just leads to a continuation of the separation, an increase in the distance between us and them. It can be so difficult to figure out how to interact with someone who is different from you or someone you have perhaps spent too much time leaving out. On the one hand, you don't even know where to begin a conversation. It is no surprise to those who know me best that I can be a little bit awkward. At times, even more awkward than the song Muskrat Love by Captain and Tennille, which we should all agree is a feat. I mean, I heard that song for the first time a few days ago, and after hearing it, I'd rather not hear any comments made about the music of my generation. I'll try and think of something to say or a way to break the ice and instead end up just sitting there wishing someone else would talk already so we can move past whatever it is I have just said. 
Add to that the guilt we may feel as we slowly start to realize that perhaps the awkwardness we feel is due to the separation that we created in the first place, due to our lack of acceptance or inability to welcome the least, the last, and the lost. But our problem with separation isn't just in how we failed to see others as beloved. Sometimes this issue creeps into our own lives as well. It starts as we begin to see ourselves as less than others, or that we don't quite measure up to the idea we have of who we should be and what it is that we should be doing. Paul gives us a list of things that would be so easy to take and decide that because I did this or said that or acted in this way or had that thought that I am not worthy. My friend Kelsey in seminary had the uncanny ability to notice when I or anyone in our friend group was being too hard on myself. She would look at me and say, don't say that about my friend Meg. It was the kind of reminder that I needed to give myself a break, to remember that just as those around me are, I am also a human that is prone to make mistakes and struggle to fix them. One of the first churches I attended in seminary was a small church outside of town. Every Sunday, the pastor would open the service by saying the following, you are loved, you are enough. It does not matter what happened to you this week, what mistakes you may have made, or how it is that you have told yourself that you fail in comparison to those around you. You are enough. As he said this, he would look around the sanctuary, making sure he caught the eye of everyone in the room, doing his best to help us believe that regardless of what the world around us may lead us to believe, we matter and we are worthy. God was aware of the fact that we would mess up in this life and still chose not only to form us, but to call us beloved. Yet when we begin to doubt ourselves or our abilities, we separate the part of us that knows the truth of God's love, and instead we create a chasm so deep that we no longer see our own value. We forget that we are created in the image of God, but not just us, sometimes we forget it about those around us as well. And what makes all of this so wonderful is that even if we have forgotten to show this love both to those around us and to ourselves, we are still called by a God who has not stopped loving us. And knowing that nothing separates us from God's love does not mean that we can continue to sit around and allow ourselves to fall into this trap of separating ourselves or others from the love of God. Rather, our faith should be spurred into action if we believe that truly nothing separates us from the love of God 
then why should we continue letting our fears keep us from sharing this love with others? I think the best place to start when sharing the love of God with others is to remember that my one and only job is to offer the grace and the love that I have been given. We Methodists are really big on the idea of prevenient grace. We believe that the grace of God goes before us before we even are aware of it. Understanding this, talking with someone new, sharing with them the love of God is a lot easier when we know that God has already been at work in their lives and our own. And I'll be the first to admit that sharing this love is not always easy. I have been on enough mission trips to know that there are times when the love of God is not the first thing that comes to mind after spending 24 hours a day with a group of people. But I love that Paul said that neither height nor depth nor any other thing could separate us from God's love. It's almost as if he was reminding us that regardless of how hard we may try, not even our own stubborn selves can separate us from God's love. And this is the best miracle of all, because as I remember that I have not been separated from God's love, I am reminded that neither have those around me, that our love of others is rooted in God's love of us. One of my favorite things about Centenary is seeing all the places in which we can share that love. Right now, our youth are on their way back from a week in Milwaukee, and by this time next week, a group from here will be in Honduras. But it is not just in the trips that we take that we are able to share this love. It is also in our community partnerships that we are able to remind others of the love that God has for them. Whether it is by sharing our space with UMAR, which is a nonprofit that works with adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities, something we will start doing in September, or in praying for organizations like Samaritan Ministries or harvesting crops at the food bank garden. It is in the conversation that I had last week on how we can do missions better so that all age groups of our church can be involved and help. It is in the words of one of the moms of our church who not only wants her daughter to help make a difference, but she wants to make sure that being the church is something that they can do as a family. Even with all of these opportunities to serve and grow and love, it is no surprise that on any given day, we can find a list of reasons of why something won't work, or how we'll never be able to help, or where it is that we just don't measure up. Yet my favorite thing to remember is that the only one who gets the last word on our worthiness and what we are able and can do is God. And time and again, and especially this morning, we are reminded that God's last word for us is love. So as we go from this place, it is my prayer that we can remember that nothing and no one, not even ourselves, can separate us from God's love. 
May we strive to show this love better and remember that regardless of what happens, know that you are loved and you are enough just as you are. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.